and welcome to the Dice Screen Podcast. Ah! Oh yeah, that's us. It's Randy. It's Mike. And we're back. Or yeah. so they allege. All right, he's still allegedly Mike. But I'm running with it. That, as Zap Rodowser says, that's always the best option available to you, running. So, <laughs> anyway, welcome. Trust we're here. Zap. To, yeah, trust Zap. Zap Rodowser. He'll, he won't steer you wrong. And hey, as we're talking about Zap Rodowser, we're going to be talking about his favorite role-playing game, Dark Conspiracy, today. So, <laughs> as we're getting into that, we're also going to be... Uh, Dealing with some people who haven't been calling a lot. Yeah, that's right. We're looking at you, Joe. <laughs> but it was good to hear from you. Yeah, Joe uh, gave us a call in as well as Jason. So, yeah, we're going to get to those in just a minute. Uh, we also want to just take a moment right out to start with. Uh, we're going to kind of break some more format. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering uh, Steve Perrin. Uh, he passed away, him and his wife. This, yeah, uh, our, our augury this time is uh, that we are straight up going to dedicate an episode to Steve Perrin. Yeah, we'll be talking about his uh, career at Chaosium, not only with just RuneQuest, but other games as well. The basic role-playing system that uh, him and others helped uh, navigate, as well as his work at uh, TSR, other places. Yeah, and, he contributed to so many different systems. And George R. R. Martin. To such a variety of games. He was just this entrenched, integral figure in early gaming. I mean, this... And at the time of its big surge forward into popularity, uh, there was Steve Perrin everywhere, you know, wired into everything. Uh, and to have lost him is quite a loss for the entire gaming community. Yeah. And so we're putting an episode, this, this next coming episode is going to be just for Mr. Perrin. Yeah, so stick around next week. Um, yeah, it's sad to let him pass, but we would prefer to remember them and celebrate them for all the contributions and fun that they bring, and joy that they bring to people's tables and lives. Yeah. So that's the best, I think that's the best way to remember them. So, all right, so we're going to get into some call-ins here. We're hearing from Joe and then Jason right afterwards. So, woo, stick around. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, it's been a long time since I've called in, but I'm still out here listening. Yeah, Mr. Corbett, right? I know Seth Skorkowski brought it up, but why the hell did Chaosium pick that name amongst all the infinitude of other names they could have chosen? I don't know. But anyway, so I, I planned on running Mr. T Corbett because I had run a friend of mine through Paper Chase as a one-on-one, -on -one, and it went really well. And at the end of Paper Chase, uh, the player ended up uh, basically with the uncle's house. And so I was going to have Mr. Corbett be the next door neighbor and it just would have kind of led one into the other, but then that just didn't end up happening, but <laughs> it seems like it'd be a cool idea and fun to do. So maybe someday anyway, great stuff. Peace out. Hey guys, Jason here looking forward to your dark conspiracy episode next week. When I was deployed down to Cuba to help with the, the whole migrant surge back in the mid 90s where Castro let loose a bunch of people and anyway not not the point point being we played Dark Conspiracy quite a bit during that deployment yeah it was one of the RPG books we had and um, we, we, we had some really fun games really enjoyed it for a system that's effectively Twilight 2000 the you know that same system which is kind of a wonky system we, we sure had a lot of fun with that game so I'm looking forward to your, your thoughts on that game so Definitely look forward to that episode. I, by the way, I've only listened to the intro, so 
I don't know if I have comments on Mantras and Madness or not, but I may call you back or I may not. Take care. All right. Hey, Joe. Yeah, good hearing from you, bud. Um, Likewise, man. Yeah, the, what, a, what a great uh, point you make is, of course, uh, Seth Korkowski, like, really, Mr. Corbett, that's the best they could come up with. And I don't know. It, it seems like a realistic name to me. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's right out of the haunting. That's the, uh, the old guy living underneath the uh, haunted mansion there. Yeah, but the art of the homage, bro. The art of the homage. Well, yeah, but, you know, you could have come up with, like, Mr. Barrett instead of Mr. Corbett. Well, but, yeah, then it would not be an homage. Yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> don't think it's an homage. I just think that, you know, when you create the one guy who's living undead or lifelessly underneath the haunted mansion in the haunting, and then, you know, you come up with a scenario of just Mr. Corbett. Ah, okay, that's Chaosium back in the day. Um, but, yeah, like, what a great intro, though. Uh, putting Paper Chase and then having him here in his uncle's house after he uh, elopes with the ghouls. Ooh. I don't it, know. I think it makes a great combo. I, I'm, I'm yeah, Paper Chase is really good, man. I, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Hope the, you can get what the, a way to tie, What a way it would have been to tie one right into the next. Yeah. Paper Chase is uh, another nice little intro. So we'll be covering The Haunting here coming up shortly. So maybe we'll give uh, The Paper Chase a little examination as well. During that. Kind of do make it a two-part. What do you think? You know, uh, doing a Call of Cthulhu double session. Yeah. Totally worth it. Okay. I, I think you know, we, it was originally in our plans uh, for the Mansions of Madness to allow us to uh, give more emphasis to like Mansions of Madness and then The Haunting back to back. That was the original plan. But we can do The Haunting and something else, Call of Cthulhu, like as a two-episode Yeah, the deathbed and haunting isn't the Patton Oswalt joke you think it is. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it uh, has a pretty high body count. I'd put it right up there with some of the stuff in Tomb of Horrors. I think even the green devil face is a little envious <laughs> about how many that I love is. your kill rate. Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks a lot joe keep the calls coming in they're, they're hanging out with the uh uh <laughs> the, the hermit from uh oh keep on the borderland border <laughs> our master uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all hope that you know, like the deathbed and uh you know the devil face from uh all of that they all show up they meet the hermit and go it's such an honor I'm so such a big fan. Work. Such a big fan. <laughs> Just really respected your work. <laughs> yeah, making people distrust the NPC since 1979. <laughs> Creep on the Borderlands. Oh, all right, Jason. Time. Yeah, Jeez. it's good to hear from you too, bud. Glad here is everything's going all right. And uh, how? All right, man. Uh, Dark conspiracy. Glad we got a lot of uh, people excited about this, and, and I'm really happy because it's one of the more atmospheric games, and I think. It's one of the undiscovered treasures from that early era in the 90s. Yeah, you know, this is one where, uh, full disclosure, I was not, uh, like, circa 91 when this was released, uh, I was highly preoccupied. I was not gaming regularly or, or even very often irregularly. Uh, there was a gap period where I wasn't doing a lot. So I, I missed out on this one, and I neither got to play nor DM. I've never owned or seen a copy. Uh, so this has been a learning process. I've only ever heard of this game. 
So, <laughs> I took some time out to do my homework before passing any judgments, but uh, since I don't fake uh, knowledge, I'm just going to like do the full disclosure right there during the call session here and go, yeah, you know, that this was a new discovery for me and I'm kind of envious of all the people who really got to experience it holistically in like 91, 92, 93, uh, while this was like, you know, recently released. Sounds yeah. awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed our podcast, both of you guys. But uh, before we get into it, we have to make a mention, because you'd expect no less from the podcast that is... <laughs> the warm can of off-brand soda of gaming podcasts. <laughs> you couldn't even get the good stuff. They were out of that. <laughs> you only wish this was Mountain Whiz. They'd get Mountain Holler, <laughs> Dr. Bob... Mountain shouting, <laughs> mountain shouting, and mountain holler. Yeah, you don't. Hee haw, hee haw. Yeah, <laughs> Mountain Dew knockoffs. That's us. You wanted something refreshing and a nice to give but you a little pick me up, but, but you shouldn't have left it in the car during the hot sun. <laughs> no, it's gone flat, and that's us. You're stuck with us. Yeah, you yeah. wanted a good gaming podcast. I hope well, you're thirsty because you're going to have to be to choke this down. Yeah. So. <laughs> Goodness. All right. And uh, before we begin, uh, no arcane eye. Uh, that's right. You're safe. Well, we have cast wards against scrying, so the arcane eye will not you, dare to send its dread gaze this you, way. You made your saving throws this time. Yeah. So just to help out, uh, Lee Williams uh, runs the Dark Conspiracy RPG Fans Facebook group. If you're interested in what we talk about, uh, you can start in no better place than there. There's a lot of resources on their list, and there's a lot of fine members there. And it's a really fun community. Not a lot of infighting or backfighting at all. Yeah, throwing around a lot of game concepts and ideas on how to like beef up one another's games. That's you know, like that's DMs and players working together for greater benefit, as opposed to the the traditional role adversary working together. To destroy one another. <laughs> All right. And we'll just mention that uh, my copy of Dark Conspiracy just arrived uh, today, so we got to sit down for with me and Mike for a while. Yeah, because you didn't DM this one, but you no, did get to play. No, I didn't. So I'm a bit envious. So we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about Dark Conspiracy. So this is a game from Game Designers Workshop right at the height, uh, right there near the end. They closed uh, the doors sometime around 93, I believe. Uh, anyway... This was one of their last offerings, and uh, they'd come up with a kind of mixed bag of hits throughout the 80s and 90s. They had, of course, Mega Traveler, Traveler 2300 to basically keep the lights on, pay the bills with. But they also had Twilight 2000, which was wildly popular as well, uh, especially to us military folk who, you know, hey, let's play a role-playing game. What are we playing? Uh, how about Twilight 2000? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wait. Well, it had bitching guns. <laughs> well, okay. we, we had bitching. The thing was, is you were getting to role play a scenario where you were on your own. Uh, that was the freedom. I, I, I make fun of it, but uh, yeah, they also had Space eighteen eighty nine, which we've covered in, in an earlier podcast. So really, but great yeah, imagination. GDW had it going on at the time. Okay. Yeah. Did, yeah the the dark conspiracy their doors. when it came out uh, was right there with the cyberpunk Shadowrun thing going on and this was a different take on it and as the cover shows here it's a beautiful cover by larry almore um showing a pair of minion hunters going down into what appears to be the sewers and uncovering some hideous undead while their friends are guarding the car 
And right there, it, just like with the shadow run cover and other stuff that uh, Elmore has done, he really captures the grit and essence of the game. And yeah, you kind of see the mullet and big hair <laughs> with the time. Not not quite like the full scale '80s like high school graduate right, mullet, but, but but yeah, you know, it's in the vein. The hair is a little bigger than perhaps would be popular today, but eh. Well, yeah, it was the things that. But and you read the back cover, and yeah, here, I'm just going to hand this. One of the best descriptions ever. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dark Conspiracy, if you were to pick this up in a game shop at the time and you turned this over to read the back cover. Yeah, I want to give them credit here because their copy was terrific. I mean, you've got just a blurb. You've got a few paragraphs in which you're allowed to give people an introduction. This is your teaser moment. And from an advertising standpoint, uh, it is a priceless resource. That, that back page mm-hmm. descriptive zone is one of your resources in selling a game. They made terrific use of this. I'm not sure which one of them wrote this tidbit, but I will present this for you now. Shapes that rip and tear. Shadows that live in corners. Windows in space and time that lead to realms of madness and decay. A dark lurking horror that feeds off the echoing anguish of a billion tortured souls. This is the center of a twisted, sinister conspiracy which threatens the very existence of all humankind. Set in the near future, the world of dark conspiracy is dramatically altered from today and is fraught with peril and challenges. The metroplexes, where most of the world's population lives, are a blend of lawless gang turf and corporate fortresses ruled by men and women powerful enough to be above the law. The countryside is sparsely inhabited, its natives suspicious and violent. The increasing areas of countryside are turning into demon ground, from which few humans return. When an ancient brooding evil is released from its dimensional prison, humankind's worst nightmares come to life. What is the link between this sinister horror and the mysterious holes in the ozone layer, the rise of empathically aware humans, and the alien visitors from another star system? For the few men and women perceptive enough to recognize the danger and resourceful enough to fight it, the battle to recapture humankind's birthright will be long and costly. Can you push back the dark? I know, right? I mean, right there. No better example of what the game delivers. And it lives up to everything on that. I mean, there's not one moment of that... I've read some of the stuff on the blurbs on the back covers, and I'm like, where was this in the rules? Yeah, I want to give them a special kudo. Right, you're coming right to the point. This game, from what I have read, gave its best to present a creative DM with the widest possible array of themes and concepts that could be included into their dark conspiracy uh, campaign and you you didn't have to emphasize every single angle or the absolute interconnectedness of things uh, that was there if you wanted it but they did a bang up job putting everything on the table and letting you select you know how do I what angle would I like to come you know, do I want to you know do something that's a dark city the movie you know with mm-hmm. the the 
you know, alien overlords and the fake city and people's minds being tampered with? Or do I want to go in a kind of X-Filesy? And this predates the actual X-Files by a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, if you look at the development and play testing for this, this probably predates it by at least three or four. Yeah, I would say that uh, Chris Carter's people were probably developing their stuff uh, like a year after this was published. You know, so yeah, uh, you know, well, there's a credible link that if there were enough nerds on uh, Mr. Carter's writing staff. <laughs> Oh, I was playing this cool game, Mr. Carter. Oh, well, you definitely you know the... the uh, wait, wait till I tell you about the campaign we were playing where we were fighting the aliens and I was an FBI agent. Wait, I think I got something here. What was it, What was those guys, the uh, the dead presidents? Or? Oh, the, the lone gunman. The lone gunman, yeah. The lone gunman group, yeah, they played D&D. So you definitely knew that somebody was... A, yeah, there, there were some inner nerds in the X-Files. So I'm not saying that there's a direct correlation. I mean, but I am saying that... I'm not that, saying like, that, like, that it was aliens. But here in case... But it, it might have been aliens. It might have been so. aliens. But you could take, like, They Live. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. And Terminator and other movies and combine every one of those aspects, including, like, uh, Tremors. Oh. Tremors would be another one, good one there. Yes, the worms. <laughs> the Graboids. Fred Ward kicking ass with Kevin Bacon. Oh, that was terrific. And uh, the guy, the dad from, uh, what is his name, Michael Grossman? Family Ties, yeah. Yeah, Michael Grossman. <laughs> <laughs> Being the a prepper, <laughs> I know, but such a nice guy. I, I know. Well, in the in the clinch, you know, uh, he was just a total like, I got your back. You know, uh, he was all about it, one hundred percent. Nope. <laughs> yeah, but you see, there was so much <coughs> material, and he, hey, even Jeepers Creepers. All if, right, fair enough. You Weird know, could monsters. Be. You know, uh, you name the trope. They did their homework here. Yeah, the rural kind of mystery, like, you know, when you're driving through a road and you just see all those abandoned buildings, you wonder what's going on, you know, with this. Children of the corn. Yeah, this this, uh, dark conspiracy can do it all. You can have gang fights inside the Metroplex, reminiscent of cyberpunk or Streets of Fire. And yeah, we're going to... Corporate-driven evil, you know, my God, the, the possibilities were limitless. This, so yeah, to give them the credit that it's due... Uh, just from a development standpoint, they created something that put a huge toolkit in a creative's hand. And, you know, you might also look at this as part of a problem. Uh, some of the reviews, I think Alan Varney said, it wasn't really clear what the conspiracy was. And I think that is due to part of this, is that it's a more, it's made for a more, made for a more mature blah, 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 game master to write their own narrative. And as like Mike was emphasizing, if you want the aliens to be the primary directors in this, you could. You could have uh, bugs kidnapping people in the streets, laying their eggs, and then, you know... Bugums! Yep, bugums coming out and eating everybody. You know, a multitude of stories can be told without a whole lot of effort. And when you have a game like that, and it's not because you have to be a lazy game master, but when the ideas literally just jump right out from you at each page got a solid winner right there and it's a shame that it didn't do more but i think also I mean, years later you got the like overwhelming popula- popularity of a show like supernatural yeah which just had so many years of like seasonal worship and like the huge fan base of support supernatural you know i mean it, it's less um the emphasis in it was on the supernatural per se you know less the alien thing and you know less yeah of the 
uh, interdimensional, but more of the classical mythology, demonology, uh, and you know, traditional monsters. But they certainly found a lot of room to tinker with, uh, you know, a lot of different concepts in the course of that series. Which is why I think doing this episode now is such a great thing because here we are in another era where, you know, like after having seen shows like Stranger Things and Dark Conspiracy uh, and lamenting that final season of X-Files, which, while entertaining from a retro perspective, it was nice to, to like brush back up against an old favorite mm-hmm. again, but it didn't have that punch that it had back when you first encountered it because you're never going to experience that rush the same way again. Okay, X-Files season yeah. one in 1993, I watched that. And I was like, holy crap, this is the best thing i ever freaking seen. Oh, man. Oh, is, yeah, they they went there. This oh. is like somebody made crack candy. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. So in, uh, trying to get back a hold of the wheel yeah. here uh, yeah, and, and get back on the road as we're starting to go through uh, the 70s, there's a lot of possibilities with Dark Conspiracy. And one of the fun things was one of my characters, I did a stint in uh, the Army. I tried to get into the Rangers, whatever, the Special Forces, and... Uh, didn't quite manage it, so I mustered out and I became a drifter and then a cyborg escapee with a cyber arm and a couple other small gadgets. Volunteered to be experimented no, on. Had no, 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 no. So I didn't. No, there was no volunteering. Oh. It, 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 it was completely against my character's will, but no understanding how I got him. But uh, fighting a savage werewolf when shoving my cyber arm down its throat and ripping its esophagus out was a primary. I guess that kills it. <laughs> Man, I, I'm pretty sure that like there's nowhere on the stats for this thing that says it's immune to being turned inside out. <laughs> I mean, it can live, it'll heal, but uh, yeah, it bought us some precious time to but get the rest, of, the rest of the players to get away. <laughs> but that character still looms large in my imagination. I like think he's still out there looking for minions to uh, eradicate and uh, find out who. Yeah, minions is their generic term. In yeah, the minion form. hunters, like investigative you know, horror. We were talking with Call of Cthulhu. Minions would be like any minion of the greater darkness from whatever angle. You know, this is the game mechanics version of assigning your protagonist title, where like minions could take a lot of forms. Okay, any yep. any creature that is the sub minions. You know, before you fight the mini boss, before you work your way in the campaign up to the mega boss. Uh, the minions are all throughout, so that is a good generic term, and the, I highly approve of their making use. Yeah, of it. your character basically has an awakening moment. At certain times, there's a uh, character. Holy us. crap! Sasquatch is real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's horny. Oh no! Oh lord! It's, yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's a <laughs> I didn't know Sasquatch was a dude <laughs> until I shaved him. Ah, that's nothing you've never seen before. A Sasquatch is something I've never seen before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Venture Brothers reference. Yes. Poor so, <laughs> But yes, the uh, the idea was is that you, of course, your characters had a brush up against something mysterious and unexplainable. And that starts them into the career of being a minion hunter. And, of course, your background helps set your character for what you're going to do. And, of course, they use the tried and true traveler... Twilight 2000 character generation method where you go through a different part of backgrounds and yeah you can go through multiple backgrounds until you're 60 but every career has a disadvantage every time you go through it your physical stats start dropping slowly uh 
Yeah, this was a character building process that I found really interesting as I was doing the examination. Uh, the I think the only comparable entity would be the variable career paths presented in Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, a few years mm -hmm. earlier, uh, where you could work your way through, you know, up through different career paths with the skills that you acquired, unlocking the ability to buy your way into other career paths. Now, this uh, a slight difference would be that as you're building your character, uh, you're accumulating you know, sets of skills from the career path that you had chosen and then moving into another career path, uh, some of which were easily accessible and others of which, like, you really had to have the previous experience to get into them. Uh, but it created an interesting life path to, that led to your character uh, accumulating a variety of experiences and skills that, you know, most of which would be useful. And the one drawback was age, much like in the Traveler system. Mm -hmm. uh, in and Twilight 2000. As well as even D&D. I mean, if you want to have a 70-year-old mage, you can, but... He's ah, still level one. Yeah. Know, still moving slowly through the dungeon. Careful not to break a hip. Right, and here you have a character that is a culmination of their experiences. And when they come into play in, under your control after you got all your stuff done and you're ready to start play you have a pretty wide variety of skills usually to pull off and usually two or three careers is about what you want to take to get started and it really puts you in the driver's seat of determining what your character went through before play begins which is kind of fun too because you get the nice little pregame that traveler and the twilight 2000 give you Nonetheless, uh, the combat system, some people hate it, like it. I, I can agree that the auto-fire rules are a little pesky, but at the same time, just like anything, once you master this and understand it, it's, it's easy enough to just interpret. As long as the, the game master is the one that is able to adjudicate it properly, it runs fairly smooth. I like the die 10 system of uh, Twilight 2000, and I, this was no problem for me to pick up Dark Conspiracy right away. I understood exactly what Yeah, to do. if you were familiar with some of their other outings, this was not a hard game to adapt to. Yeah, it so wasn't like Space 1889, which was a different game but very, before. Uh, quite a bit radically different from what you might have experienced. Whereas this, it had a lot in common with some of the other familiar games at the time. It was not a big, difficult leap to remaster a new system with this one. So, not a big learning curve. And I yeah. always approve of that because I, I have a little trouble with learning curves. Yeah, uh -huh. people were upset about, uh, I read one review where they said they hated the auto fire system because you had to roll a die six for each uh, round fired in the uh, burst and only fives or six hit your intended targets so you could divide them up. And I'm like, you know what? It's pretty much uh, prey and spray. That's pretty much full auto. Yeah, all right, fair enough. You, you know. know, and it works. I mean, you oh, well, wait, I got 30 dice. Well, maybe you don't want to fire all... You, if you want to empty the clip, you're like, go for it. Oh, sure. I mean, sometimes you, it just might be enough. Is this enough? Uh, it might just be enough. We can only hope. Are you sure this isn't overkill? I hope the god that it's it enough is. kill. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some beasties out there. And, yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about this. One of the things in Dark Conspiracy that really got me was the vampires were not the vampires that you want to go on a date with. 
yeah, these were not, uh, you know, it's your, who's your sexy undead buddy? Aww. No, none of that this time. You know, despite the fact that that was an upcoming Vogue at the time. Thank you, Anne Rice. Uh, you know, that was coming into its fruition. Uh, here's a game that just said, nah, we're not going with that. Oh, they can appear as your most ideal oh, date. But that's an illusion. <laughs> To disguise the horrible dream. Get you come to come closer. And yeah, and then they suck your blood out and yeah, you don't they don't just don't take a little, they take it all. Oh, yeah, pretty much. And just like Mike says, is that that's the one right there is they have blood king minions, they have other lesser vampires attached to them, vampiric slaves more like that are dominated. Yep, just a collection of thralls. Now they could be from another dimension, they could be from another world. That's up for the game master. Yeah. determine and that how some people did not get that okay yeah the, there's the, the openness of the system the lack of like an absolute rigidly fixed overarching conspiracy uh, not having it completely spelled out for you was entirely intentional I mean the, the goal was for DMs to eventually fill in the blanks and you know in that fine old uh, yeah. Forgotten Realms Ed Greenwood tradition you know, like they've planted all the seeds for you but what kind of forest is going to take shape from this? That's you steering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I am not in the disapproving camp. I thought yeah, that they could, there's a couple Cthulian type, yeah. uh, Pasteur, uh, Shubnagora type entities. There's aliens galore. I mean, there's not just one type of aliens, just not the greys. There's oh, yeah. a whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. And you, you can determine. Inter alien conflict. Could they you be, got it. Sometimes they can be victims, sometimes they could be the main. Directors, they have mastered the not only the art of time and space travel, but they have also are mastered the art of eldritch wizardry, and so they can command these entities or at least bend them to their will for a time being. And of course, you even have the dark she or the uh, the fae. There's dark elves in this one, but they're not the cute little fun type oh, tricksters. Yeah, they're not nice either. Yeah, they're much like they belong. And a collection of demons from various myths and sources that you can incorporate as you wish. And even make up your own as they give you. Plus, you know, you could have the uh, standard ghost and uh, creepy ghoul sort of uh, encounters that go around in many of the tropes. You know, your early Scooby-Doo, it's the creep. <laughs> oh yeah, the creep. You mean, you know, the, just the... Captain Lammers! <laughs> nice read, Velma. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand. Like the creep, that would have been the standard, you know, old guy living by himself up on the hill, huh? That would have been the normal guy. Yeah, he didn't need a mask Went for, for the that. White House. <laughs> yeah, didn't need that one, but here we are, and that gamut of different tropes and scenarios to play out makes it so that Dark Conspiracy isn't just a standard like let's go into the town and fight some gangers and then maybe find a couple weird things going on and then call it a night. Yeah, that's an easy one to come up with, but there was no overarching arch that, or, excuse me, plot arc that kept them connected other than what the Game Master and players wanted to do. If you got tired of doing one thing, you could definitely go out and do another one. The uh, outlaw lands are populated with a number of, well, let's just face it, Mad Max, neo-cannibalistic gangs, occasionally uh, worshipping some of the darker entities that, for safe passage and power, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't, you know, wow, that was uh, pretty upsetting to me. I'm like, holy cow, how we. 
Yeah, I mean, you get the Walking Dead-style enclaves of humanity where they don't trust or like anybody because everybody could theoretically be a threat from another dimension, uh, you know, or more exploitative than the people they already know. So the, the trust level, the trust gap is pretty huge in this for people traveling outside the Metroplexes. Uh, now, should you somehow, and not only should they not trust you, you probably shouldn't trust them. Yeah. Because <laughs> who's to say this isn't a children of the corn scenario? Yeah. Where they appease that which comes in the night. Yeah. <laughs> By Offering giving it to strangers. <laughs> they won't be missed. No one cares. They're an outsider. They don't matter. <laughs> yep. And yeah, so there was a lot of potential with this game and... It was well supported. The other thing I liked about it was the dark tech, which bioorganic bioorganic weapons, somewhat out of uh, District Nine. Yeah, you know the idea here was not that like this stuff should be in everyday use, but that you it could be kind of phased in, like as things that the mm-hmm. characters encounter, and then these things become options for them. You know, I mean, pull it out of the trunk, and it's breathing. What is that? It might just be enough to kill whatever we're having to go up against this week. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I, I have to fuse with this thing, but I'm, I'm going to need you on standby with a blowtorch to get it off of me after I'm done. Um, <laughs> you know, dark choices across the board. But, hey, perks, you know, upsides, downsides. I yeah, I, I'm going to need a couple days to recover. What do you mean? What, uh, to the ammunition? Uh, it, uh... it was part of my soul. <laughs> Yeah, my blood and soul. Part of me is not what it used to be. But uh, it feeds. <laughs> oh, man. So this game, it came along at a very specific time in science fiction and fantasy fiction. Uh, like the, the resurgence in Shithulu uh, type horror uh, in the modern aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the surge in science fiction... You know, was just like coming to its. I, I don't want to say it ended, uh, but I, I was going to say that like it kind of hit a peak in the 1980s and had started to slide back down. But like this, this material was the beneficiary of that period of mm-hmm. extreme interest and creativity. Uh, so you had the science fiction, the Cthulhu type horror. Yeah, uh, in an alternate reality, the political, uh, you know, spiritual. Uh, sense of uh, oppositional relationships, you know, going on. I, it had everything packed into in between two covers. It was just uh, I've rarely seen something that offered such a wide range of choices to a DM successfully, and then left it to them and didn't screw it up by going too far with it. Yeah, they've increased. Uh... The reach with the game, with various source books. Uh, they said nominally the game, like as uh, Shadowrun was set in Seattle, Dark Conspiracy was nominally set in New Orleans. And fitting. Yeah, very um, popular like location, which, I mean... Full of mystery and an- ancient secrets. Swamps outside the city that still aren't safe, because who knows what's going on out there. Uh, the supernatural is closer to home than you think. And yep. it's not just trapped outside the walls. Animators. We're stuck in here with it. Uh, which actually, like, uh, they raise hordes of undead. 
Yeah. Bad news. Yeah, the pale, which are um, feeders on fear and paranoia, which create clone or manifest themselves the more afraid you become. Oh, so radio shock jocks. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And Stuart, you're not like the other people here at the trailer park. <laughs> yeah, and hunting grounds for a variety of nasties from all sorts of places, both beyond the stars and from other dimensions, as well as from folklore and myth. And yeah, there's dragons in here. So yeah, you want to have a dragon hunt? Go right ahead. Oh, Hope sure. So. Um, uh, they've got it. Okay, the, the fantastic is not off the table here either. In okay. an alternate reality that broke from our own somewhere around 1983, not only the game uh, narrates how that things changed and how the United States and the rest of the world are suffering under this almost palatable but yet hidden second world encroaching onto ours of darkness and feeding off of our misery and suffering. As the back cover says, the fight for humanity's birthright will be long and bloody. Yeah, the, not everybody knows that anything is going on. It seems to them as though this is the natural evolution of events. Uh, you know, that, that some decisions that were necessary, uh, that the metroplexes are like the obvious response to the, the chaos in the world. Uh, but not because of any overarching, uh, you know, yeah. particular specific threat. So... You know, the player characters are, to some degree, in possession of knowledge that other people do not have, uh, and they're pursuing more of it. Other people, generally, it's not like they don't know that there are some issues, but what those issues are. You know, well, we have a lot of trouble with that swamp gas reflecting off of uh, the light from Venus, you know. Just, um, it seems to be recurring quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Just, well, it seems, yeah. Uh, yeah, when it shows up that a whole bunch of people go missing and then there's these large scorch marks, bones, smoke smoldering in the uh, early Cows morning Cows turn themselves inside out all the time. Thank you, Officer Bar Brady, for yeah. that brief explanation. <laughs> a synopsis of our situation. I found the man in the little boat, Mayor. Oh, dear. You had to go there. All right. <laughs> All right, that'll be enough out of you, sir. <laughs> Into the timeout box. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. I couldn't help it. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, the other part here is that there is also some superb illustrations throughout some of the artists of the day, Tim Bradstreet. Oh, yeah, aside from Elmore's cover art, the interior art is reminiscent of many of the things that I saw inside of uh, the Cyberpunk and Shadowrun uh you know, publications of the time, uh, as well as... Oh, uh, Rick Harris. Uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, a little reminiscent of... Not Shadowrun. Uh, hmm. Earth Dawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so oh, yeah, a lot of freelance work back then. Wonderful, wonderful black and white illustrations. Uh, some very gritty and dark, others a little more simple and straightforward. But yeah, color plates in between, nice maps, and uh, yeah, there are some marvelous color plates here and there, and interspersed. Different types of NPCs you would meet, like uh, gizmoids, bright people with natural talent for mechanics, electronics, and biology, and for one reason or another, do not have a steady job in their field of expertise. For some of them, it is because they couldn't get official training. People with natural talent who are just too weird to exist in normal society. Yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Along with good Samaritans. Isn't that everybody we know? 
<laughs> yep, Igors. The term commonly used among dark minion hunters when referring to humans who serve the dark minions. Igors work in groups, especially for those who are too stupid or cowardly to accomplish much on their own. Yeah, they're they are the minions of minions. Even and minions Mother Earthers. And uh, despite the collapse of widespread farm economy, many people have refused to leave their farms or villages. They remain on the land that their families have owned for generations, raising gardens large enough to support their own needs and hunting the abandoned fields around them for wildlife. As a result, they have regained a number of skills that have been largely forgotten in the 20th century. And, you know, just that little brief section right there that gives you different characters that your players are likely to meet helps set, set the stage for what the expectations are of this new era in which you characters are going to be playing in. And it's a new world. It is roughly there to be discovered. There's so much that's been forgotten between those fallow fields and abandoned farmhouses where dark things creep and lurk that it sets the stage for making the area between the cities just as fascinating and as mysterious as the ones inside the city full of those large steel and chrome skyscrapers with their dark, that cast dark shadows into the depths of the streets. Dark shadows. Yes. Oh, classic show. Oh. <laughs> but And yeah, you even have, as we talked about Terminator, yep, uh, it is possible for one of the plot devices that your one of the player characters could be a cyborg. Fully a replicant in the style of Terminator. Yeah, not off the table. Uh, they had really, again, absorbed a lot of the classic film culture that was available to us at the time uh, through the, like, 70s and 80s, uh, and it made it into this wonderful, wonderful outing, uh, Dark Conspiracy. Oh, uh, which, hey, by the way, if you're going to let me segue for just a moment. Sure, go right ahead. In the spirit of this, as I was doing my homework on this uh, prior to oh, the show, yes. I, I developed a dark conspiracy about my own puppy. Oh. Which, uh, like, I adopted a dog a while ago, for those who may not know. Or you, those who have heard the recent episodes will recall that last year I, I laid to rest my, my cat, Fritz, uh, and I can no longer wear the narrow jacket because... You know, you can't wear a narrow jacket and plot world domination unless you have an awesome cat. So, without him, I, I had to abandon those dreams. Uh, but I, I have a different responsibility taking care of Peanut the dog. And my dark conspiracy for her origin story hmm. is that she was uh, created in a government lab as they attempted to weaponize cuteness. Uh, and Interesting. Yeah, and when they tried to turn her to full power... It wiped out the lab, destroying all the scientists within, and all that was left was a grainy recording of the lead scientist going, you know, oh God, what have we wrought? I am become death, a shatterer of worlds. Uh, all they found were blast shadows. Uh, there were no survivors, and uh, she was assigned to me because if you know my dating history, uh, I have survived Chernobyl-level blasts of cuteness. So I'm, nice. I'm the only one who can handle that much cute uh, without going all end of... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, face melty. So oh, face melty. I, I can handle it. I go with some face melty. Um, <laughs> yeah, but as we're pawing through the right. uh, the book, Mike found uh, the one thing is this is a uh, literally a time capsule of the time that there's so many things that are particular to that nature in the time of the 90s. So I'm just going to turn it over to Mike as he read one of the pieces of equipment that you can buy <laughs> yeah, in Dark Conspiracy. This is one I noticed. The Zomax Audio Recorder Simple. Uh, which, 
This is an inexpensive cassette recorder player. Indonesia makes the best ones. Available at any shopping mall electronics store. It uses standard audio recording cartridges. Wow. So much history to unpack here. Um, <laughs> because, you know, the, um, the shopping malls are largely extinct as a beast. Uh, the electronics store is another dinosaur of another era. And the cassette recorder has long since gone the way of the dodo. <laughs> Just what I've you know, like what I've been through to try to continue playing my cassettes has been ludicrous. But uh, yeah, it, it does tell you that this really was 1991. Yeah, so capturing the weird kind of clunky <laughs> uh, 40s Packard-esque automobiles, uh, heavy weapons, and clunky tech isn't going to be so hard because for a lot of people this is kind of alien technology as it is. Yeah. You know, like seems this is some kind of primitive stuff like rotary phone what are you talking about? <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> just like cursive. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, but you know that's the thing in dark conspiracies it's supposed to be clunkier and a little bit it's more reliable. Where are their edible tide pods? Mhm. Yeah. Supposed to be a little bit more reliable, but you can play it any way you want. Um, and that's the way it was uh, kind of played with us was like all the cars were big, kind of gas guzzler, you know, super Buick Packards types. But it was a really unique aesthetic. And first of all, and what should be said about any role playing game is you know, this one by GDW was full of weapons. Oh, lots yeah. and lots of weapons. Well, and yeah, you're going to need them. Oh, you, you can expect this. Uh, uh, the armory section, I mean, this is like, you know, the, the, the Matrix scene where they, they go to the armory program before they're, you know, uploaded into the rest of the Matrix. Uh, you know, this is your armory moment where you get to look at the evolving eras of weaponry throughout this. And it, it does start off with the, the more routine bows and crossbows, black powder pistols and zip guns and, you know, like, crude melee weapons, and then works its way through revolvers and automatics up until you get to things like, you know, uh, automatic assault weapons. Well, like the ZMX-26, and, yeah, some of the uh, dark tech does have high technology, like death rays. There are death rays in this game. Watch out. Armington Laser Carbine Model 2, you know. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, yes... The death ray is not off the table, but yeah. yeah. And you're not going to find that at the store. Yeah. DM, exercise your discretion on letting that fall into the hands of your players. And the Grudians have that. <laughs> Little gray guys. Zoop. But yeah, so so much good stuff in here, and it's easy to get into the groove of the game. And I think that as we gush about it, uh, we wind down a little bit. We kind of walk, worked our way around there. <laughs> See what I mean about those big Packard front ends? <laughs> oh, the Ziltovarish, the little friend. <laughs> little friend. Oh, man. The Yugo. <laughs> yeah, it is cheaper. It's a Russian-designed competitor to the Yugo. It is cheaper, but has a reputation for being less well-made. <laughs> less well-made than a Yugo? <laughs> Holy cats. Yeah. Yugo found on the side of the road dead. Oh, but they do have some marvel at the, the Chrysler LeBuff. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, right out of RoboCop, right there. Chrysler <laughs> SUX two thousand. Yeah, you knew what I was going for. <laughs> All right, yeah, but you know this it's game. Four miles to the gallon. The thing is, is you can pick up a good copy, pretty cheap. About twenty-five bucks is what this one cost, set me back, and it's well worth it. It's in a good, pretty good condition. And you can find most of the supplements and modules for just under the price of what you would pay for a PDF. And as we're huge fans here of splicing games, this is another one of those games that has enormous potential for intersecting with, like even in our like uh, call answering session, you know, this came up. Yeah. That this is a particular genre that has great value for intruding into other genres, often by surprise. Exactly. Um, you know wowing your players with something they really like man this is so meta you're like we've just broken the fourth wall and gone into an entire other genre in mid-game love it this is one of those manuals that is super useful for doing exactly yeah that. and even if you don't like the system you could steal a lot of these ideas like the vampires and animators and the pale alone are well worth carrying on into another game system if you're willing to do the work I like their version, and first of all, because it sets the tone for something different. Uh, the vampires are not what you expect them to be, and normally, you know, you'd think, hey, it's your vampire buddy, Count Von Strath. He's back for another visit. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to take a little blood. Don't worry. You don't miss it. No, this yeah. thing, you don't even want it getting close to you. You know how, like, the strain... This isn't your charming, you know, like, do you have any weirder chins? No. <laughs> this is, you know, this is almost the will-o'-wisp light in the darkness. I hear the voices of my friends. I think somebody needed help. And you step into the dark corner and just <laughs> blood vacuum. Yep, you're gone. Your withered husk is found, assuming it doesn't rise and serve the master. As a mindless tool. Yeah, yeah, so if you guys can get your hands on a copy of this, it's well worth the time. Um, if you've got one sitting around in a box, dust it off, bring it out to light, and throw it at your group because, gosh darn it, there's just a lot of fun to be had in this game. And it's a crying shame that it has been allowed to once again lapse into obscurity. I think there's been several reboots of it, and the last was a Kickstarter that kind of went sideways. I'm not really sure about what happens, but I'm sure that at certain points something is going to come about from it because the group that put it together was a collaborative effort, and it looks like they will be able to get their manuscript out, at least on PDF. Which, you know, it, this game deserves to be carried on. Just like Shadowrun and Space 1889, they are a product of their times, but they are also a classic, and I think that they broke great ground when it was necessary to reinvent the role-playing game genre once again. And yeah, to bring uh, RPG-style play into yet another type of genre. I would put it up against Rifts any day. Uh, I like Rifts, but I think this one was tighter. It, despite the lack of focus on what is behind all this, yeah, and yeah, I understand that you can read the novels from Mike Stackpole, an excellent writer, and he kind of put a narrative on there, but you're not required to follow that at all. You can do your own thing. It's, a, it's your game. But Rifts, where it was all over the place sometimes and definitely got into some game balance issues, this one is pretty tight and it's focused to what it wants to do, telling an alternate history in a dark world. Yeah, and I'm not dissing Palladium's outing because Rifts uh, you know, put a lot of potential in the DM's hands too. Uh, this, on the other hand, uh, slightly less of a straight-jacketed uh, narrative overall. 
Yeah, like it seems like Rip just let, let's throw everything in there. And while we can say that about Dark Conspiracy, yeah. they're still pretty. It's, it's pretty focused on that. Hey, you get to tell the tale you want, a uh, type of story you want to tell in between uh, sessions or travel times. You've got plenty of material to work with. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really want to take a look at some of their up, other supplements that they had released between uh, '91 and '93. Yeah. It looked like this had so much potential for expansion. Uh, well, well worth it. I'm glad I got a chance to finally look at it after having only ever been told about it. <laughs> you know, I, I had heard tales of, you know, uh, lore, but I never actually encountered it in person, never even saw a copy in a game shop. Uh, because in that very specific era, I was extremely busy. Or honestly, I should probably say extremely slutty. So uh, mm. preoccupied, way preoccupied. Well, we're not, we don't judge here. Also drunk. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we really enjoyed talking about it. It was nice to see this game again and uh, excuse our gushing, but hey, uh, this is good material and it's definitely well worth uh, investigating. Even if you just get uh, find a used copy in the back of the game shop used bin or find one online in Plebe or other booksellers, well worth it. Make sure that you check it out. But also, we just want to say that we enjoyed talking about this for you guys. And as always, we appreciate the support. That's what we used uh, the money from our supporters. And if you'd like to support this podcast, what we do here, it's easy just uh, supporting us for just a few dollars a month. It really goes far. It helps us uh, expand our stuff. And, of course, getting better materials. And a new mic is in our future from your don- gracious donation. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Mike, oh. but a new microphone. Well, I, I, I was say. going to say, like, we're going to clear up the allegations and, and get Mike back. You know, it won't be allegedly Mike. Yeah. Once we acquire a, a formal, proper mic. Right. <laughs> well, we won't have the Joe Don Baker replace Mike for while he's out. <laughs> Joe Don Baker comes in and you know, he's going to sit here and draw all about his uh, Traveler two th- or Twilight 2000 campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Space and tall. Space and tall. Yeah. Mitchell. <laughs> oh yeah, Mitchell. He's gonna he's gonna walk into town with a you know four foot long club. And a six pack. <laughs> oh yeah. And a box of donuts. <laughs> mm. Beat everything to <laughs> But they've got laser pistols. Not for long they don't. <laughs> <laughs> After I get on this six pack, they won't. <clears throat> so yeah, if you like what we do here, you can continue to support us, and we appreciate all our brilliant supporters who put up with our shenanigans <laughs> and listen to this horrible train wreck of a podcast. But we appreciate you all, and of course, you can also just support the podcast by telling your friends about us and get us out there. We've had a lot of good support from you folks doing just that too. If you can't donate, we're not putting any judgment on you. Hey, no. Yeah, we'd do it anyway. We'd do it anyway. We did it when this wasn't a thing, and we'll do it after. So, so yeah, hit uh, download that crap and We're hit that follow button, and we'll uh, you can get updates when we put our new podcast out. So, without further ado, I think that'll do it for us. So, may the dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>